Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory. Let us get into our Bibles tonight. I want to go into the book of 1 Kings chapter number 11, and I was just looking at some things. In fact, it's 1 Kings chapter number 12. 1 Kings chapter number 12, there was a time in Israel where David died. When David died, there was another king that came. His name was Solomon. Then Solomon died. When Solomon died, there was a, a big mess in the kingdom because Solomon's sons were a bit crazy. They were power hungry and they were money hungry, and they put an unfair burden on the people but yet the promise was with them and then there was a man named Jeroboam and Jeroboam uh, began to rise to power he was a young man but he was a man that had favor kind of like Absalom had favor because he knew how to connect with folk and he knew how to connect with people and he had uh, he he was one of these type of you know we could call him like a social justice individual he had had the hearts of the people. He knew how to explain himself right, and he tapped into people's grievances. He tapped into people's um, agitations. He tapped into people's frustrations, and uh, and and there were there were there were merited frustrations. But how many know the Bible said he sits in order, and the Bible does say that you know if he said we honor the king and God puts down, God raises up. So we don't go and do things uh, in, uh, independently on our own we have to do it by the spirit doesn't matter that that that's when you get rebellion and that's where you have a type of lucifer spirit and that's where a lot of folks make a mess because we don't live in the democracy we live in a the theocracy and the theocratic kingdom of god is very different we don't always understand understand how authority works authority works through lines god the father god the son god the holy spirit you got the husband you got the wife you got the children you got different governmental authorities. God has it all in his order of things. There's an order of things in God and when you break the order you break the spiritual system. It starts to bring in that's where Satan comes in, Lucifer comes in when you break the order and that's why many times that God will put you in situations where it's more about you being in order than out of order even though you, you it may be difficult for you. Joseph was in order. He never went against his master and he stayed a servant until God raised him up out of that place. I mean, uh, Daniel stayed in order. So there's an order to the way God does things. And so we see Lucifer got out of order. Lucifer got out of order. He broke the order of things. And we're still living with the effects of the disorder and the chaos, just like the Big Bang was created out of a disorder. So when things get out of God's order of things, then it starts to set another thing in motion, kind of like a cancer cell. See, cancer cells develop through through a, a pain, pain that is not dealt with. And you got to cut that out. If you don't deal with the bitter, you you're not going to get better. Come on, somebody, if I'm explaining to you tonight. So Jeroboam was, uh, 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 there was an uprising in that realm of David. There was an uprising against the seed of David, and there was an uprising to set up a different order. Now, I believe that's where we are today. Prophetically, we have a different order than the order. We have another order, and it's an order of Jeroboam. Jeroboam means one who pleases the cause of the people. So, it's sounds really good. I please the cause. I plead the cause 
of the people. I plead the cause of the folks. I'm for the folks. I'm for the people. I'm for the downcast. I'm for the downtrodden. I'm for the hurting. I'm for the messed up. I'm for them. And it sounds really right. And and, and that's where in God's way of doing things, think of the life of Joseph and the difficulties that he went through. You know, the Bible said, when you suffer, you'll reign with me. Sometimes, you know, many times life isn't fair, but it's how you handle life. You know, and, and we can fight the fight or God will fight the fight. Joseph allowed God to fight the fight. Daniel, God fight, fought the fight. David, God fought the fight. There's a leaning on God that is necessary. And so the thing about a Jeroboam was he was right in what he did, but he was wrong in how he did it. He was right for getting upset. He was right for getting offended, but he was wrong in how he did it. Because there's God who fights the battles versus man. There's also God who anoints and gifts versus man. So it's not always about your leadership skills. Moses wasn't naturally a great leader. Elijah wasn't really a great leader. Go through your Bible and you'll find out most folks that God anointed were not natural leaders. That's why in our church, I don't necessarily do all these different uh, analysis to find out uh, uh, what kind of, are you choleric, are you melancholy, what kind of nature. I say the only nature I need is the nature of Jesus. I don't need another nature. Jeroboam means one who pleads the cause of the people. I want to say this because the Bible said in Isaiah 14, it says, Oh, how art thou anointed. Oh, how are the anointed, the cherub? Oh, how are the anointed? He's anointed, the anointed cherub. Are the fallen, you anointed cherub? Isaiah 14. We begin to see, you can put it up there, 14 verse 12. I'm, I'm just reading out of here, but you go to Isaiah 14, 12, but it just says, Jeroboam built in built Shechem in the hill country, Isaiah 1 Kings 12 verse 20, uh, of Ephraim and lived there, and he went out, uh, there and he built Penuel, you know, and uh, Jehovah said in his heart, Now the kingdom will turn back to the house of David. This is what he's saying. If this people go up and offer sacrifices in the temple of the Lord, and then the heart of this people will turn again to their Lord. And this is what he began to do he began to set up another system of worship. And you'll leave that there. But I'm just talking now about Jeroboam and Rehoboam. Jeroboam pleads the cause of the people. You've got to understand the typologies here. We're sitting in an order in the church, really, that is really built on people pleasing. That's, you know, that's the thing about pastoring. A pastor is not there to please the, peace, please the people. <laughs> He's there to please God. You know, we got to get back to understanding that we've, we've got a different, under, we got a different way of seeing and we've got to see it God's way. He's got to please God. He's got to be with God. And, and, and Jeroboam began to set up a different worship system. Think about this. Jesus was on the mountain. And all Satan said to him was, if you will bow down and you will worship me. All he wants is you to worship him. All he wants is it's about worship. And the moment you get into a spirit of rebellion, that's called the spirit of rebellion is really the spirit's chaos. 
It releases another spirit that brings that spirit of confusion, Babylon confusion around you, and it brings chaos into your life because it's Antichrist is literally like anti-order. It's anti-Christ. It's rebellion. Rebellion is usually through hurts. When you hurt, when you're being wounded, when you're being disappointed, then you you get rebellion can also be just generational. Some folks, you know, some, some boys, you know, some like, like that story of, you know, the teacher said to the kid, I want you to sit down. So he sat down, but he said on the inside, I may be sitting down on the outside, but inside I'm standing up, you know, that story. So he was standing up, but that, 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 that's rebellion. You know, rebellion can be generational, but rebellion can also be through woundings, through that cause. But then we've got rejection, rejection, you know, rebellion and rejection. That's Jezebel and Ahab. They work simultaneously together, and we see that spirit working, and it, it gathers people with a like-minded spirit. And we have to watch, even in this ministry, that whatever has happened in the past, we don't allow the rejection. We don't allow the hurt. We don't nurse the hurt. We let go of the hurt. We don't manifest in that spirit of Jeroboam that is trying to build its own temple outside of God's temple. And it's trying to build its own work outside of God's work. It's not in the lineage of God that it gets back in the lineage of God. And it allows the Lord to fight the battles. Because you see, it's God who brings promotion, not man. God promotes. God honors. God exalts. We don't have to exalt ourselves. So again, Jeroboam pleads the cause of the people. He gathered a lot of people. He, he was the cause of the division between the northern tribes and the southern tribes. And we begin to see there then in the northern tribes, southern tribes, there was, you know, there was Judah, there was Benjamin, and there was a division between the priesthood. And so he began to set up the golden calves, the bones of the golden calves, and he began to set up his own worship. And that's the thing today. There's a lot of worship. There's a lot of music. And, uh, you know, we say don't worship the worship. It's not the worship. It's, it's the real worship. It's the worship. You know, worship is more about obedience than a song. More about obedience than a song. We've got a lot of good songs out there, and we feel good. But it's more than feeling good. Satan had a lot of music. He still can play that music. That's why it's amazing. Folks that give themselves over to that spirit, they, 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 can, they can get into that feeling. And we've got to learn to live by faith and not by feeling. Feeling is a dangerous thing. We don't live by feeling. A lot of times when you walk with God, you're not going to feel anything. Abraham, the Bible said he was as good as dead. There was no feeling. I walk according to the word of God, not by what, the, what my feelings tell me. I'm obedient to God's plan. I'm obedient to God's word. I'm a son, and a son is obedient to the voice of the Lord and walking in the spirit of God. Hallelujah. So this is the kind of people God is raising up. We got a Jeroboam. We got a Rehoboam. But but at Rehoboam, Jeroboam, and there was Rehoboam was with with Judah. Jeroboam was doing his own thing. He was taking Israel away from God 
into their own order. And this is what it says here about Lucifer. How have you fallen from heaven, O light bringer and day star, son of the morning? How have you been cut down to the ground, you who weakened and laid low the nations? Blasphemous satanic king of Babylon, bring your light, bring your brightness, bright star, son of the morning, this is the spirit in this age that is working behind the scenes, behind politicians, behind even church leaders. It's working behind the scenes. And remember the Bible said he can come as an angel of light, but its spirit is birthed in pride. Pride, pride is the self that is touchy, feely, and easily offended. He looked at God. The danger is when you're around the anointing, you can be anointed, but you don't carry the mandate. He's the light. It's kind of like if I switch this light on, there's the light, but I'm not the source of the light. I'm just a reflection of the light. I'm not the light. And I can be enamored by that light, but I'm not that light. And that's where the, the real power is not what you see. The power that you see, the light that you see, you don't see the power behind that light. It's invisible power. See, God is invisible. But the danger is that you can be around anointing and remember... Just as Jesus became a servant, God is not, yes, he's omnipotent, he's all-powerful, but it is in, interesting to me that Lucifer could be the covering cherub. Remember, his job was to cover. That's why when you get out into rebellion, you're going to get covered. You're either covered by God or you're covered by another spirit. I'll say that to wives, husbands, I'm going to get angry with me, but if you get out of authority, out of your husband's authority, you're under another spirit. If you're not under your spiritual leadership, you're under another spirit. You're under Luciferic spirit. That's biblical. Now it got real quiet. I could feel that spirit right now. I felt I touched something right now, but it's good. But Lucifer, son of the morning. In other words, you can get close to authority. But you can get familiar with authority. But think about that. Satan was so close that he looked down. He covered on top and he looked down. God Almighty, he looked down. That's the greatest test of, of being in leadership. Because it's the same thing that happened with, with Ham. Ham was looking at his dad, Noah, and he didn't cover, he exposed. The greatest test in any leadership is not to expose, it's to cover, it's to protect. Hallelujah. I can feel it's getting real good in this church right now. <laughs> 
But that's the truth. That's what the word says. If we're going to be word people, that's the real test. That's the integrity. And that's the character that God is looking for. That's where it really happened. That's where we see this is, this, this, the, the, the world today is based on if, 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 if you offend me or if you touch me, I'm not going to, if I see your weakness, I'm going to expose your weakness. The greatest test there is to, you know, in, in, and I'm going to say it like this, in Satan's mind, he was so elevated in himself that in his mind, he was justified in seeing God's character flaws. That he convinced a third of the angels to go with him, as with Jeroboam, in a rebellion because they were, they were rightfully justified in their rebellion. This is a spirit that is working in the world today, and this is a spirit that we must resist. And that's where becoming the least, being a serpent, servant, being broken, allowing the Lord to fight the battles. Because it's the tenets of the faith that Jesus gave to us was in Matthew 5 and 6. And the Beatitudes, he gave it to us. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the pure in heart so forth and so forth, we begin to see the, the power of the gospel is not in justification of being offended, wounded, hurt, and then we become rebellious and we fight for our rights. This is where the world is at now. And if we really start digging into the word now, we're going to really make a lot of people angry. If I really start digging into the word it, 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 it will really upset a lot of people. But, but you see, because God's kingdom is not about this world. God's kingdom is about an eternal kingdom. And it's about what we overcome in, what we are going through, and through the things we are going through. You know, the least is the greatest. The servant is the greatest. Some of you folks may be in the, in the most difficult places in life and, and you don't understand why you're going through. But, but you know, think about Lazarus. Lazarus had, had dogs licking his wounds, but, but yet he was one of the greatest in God's kingdom. And there was a rich man that was begging Lazarus. And we sit and we say, God, why? But, but we, 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 don't, we don't always know why. You know, we, we, we have to go through and we have to say, Lord, I am going to praise you in this situation. I'm going to be faithful in this situation. But, but he could have got all mad. He could have gone to the lawyers and he could have said, listen, I'm going to take that man to court. Come on, somebody. But we're living in an age right now where, where I can tell you now, we, we, it's, it's in many ways in opposition to the gospel. Hallelujah. Who is the real power behind the rule, rulers of the world? He said to Jesus, I'll give it all to you. I'll give it all to you because they're all in my nature 
to follow Jesus is a denying of all and an embracing of a new nature which is in opposition to the world, the system, the heights. He works from the heights, the power behind the world rulers. Isaiah, Ezekiel 28, 12. I want to read that real quick. Ezekiel 28, again, we see Rehoboam. Rehoboam was in battle. I believe this is prophetic for the age we are in right now. Some reason I wasn't even really going to go into this word, and I got here, and the Lord led me into this. And uh, Ezekiel 28, Son of man, take a lamentation against the king of Tyre, and say to him, Thus says the Lord God, you're full of measure. You're the full measure in pattern of an exactness or of exactness, giving the finishing touch to all that constitute completeness, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Just go to the next one. You were in Eden, in the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the carnelian, topaz, jasper, chrysolite, beryl, onyx, sapphire, carbuncle, and emerald, and your settings and your sockets and engravings were wrought in gold on the day that you were created. They were prepared. You can go to the next one. You were the anointed cherub that covers with overshadowing wings, and I set you so. You were upon the holy mountain of God. You walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. That's where you get the anointing. and That's where you really get lifted up in pride. The anointing is the most dangerous thing because that's when you get the power. A lot of people want the power. And let me say this to you. I said it to John Bevere, actually, when I was preaching with him. I said, you know what? God's not going to reward you for how many dead you've raised, for how accurate your gifts were, for if you got everybody's name in the building, you told them what street they lived on, and uh, blind eyes, deaf ears, you go down the whole list. Because I see a lot of folks so hungry for the power, but you can see they're power hungry. They're ego-based, they're pride-based, and they want to prove God. We don't have to prove God. Elijah went to who God told him to go to. That's it. Jesus said it. Elijah went to who God sent him. It was not a show. Jesus went to who God told him to go to. He said, I must do my father's business. It's not a show. I've seen dead raised prayed for dead, raised myself. One person I prayed from the dead, he had a heart attack for 20 minutes. They were at the hospital. I prayed for him. He came back after 20 minutes. And you know what that guy turned again? He turned and became one of the biggest thorns in my flesh. Wasn't grateful at all. I've seen people you know, raised from the dead. They backslid. You think, Lord, it would have been better in that state that they had died and gone to heaven. Hallelujah. Because because we're in the natural physical way of thinking. We've got to start looking beyond, deeper. The test is not... It's not in the achievements, because those are the gifts. The gifts are there for the assignments. 
They're there for the assignments. What I'm doing here now is not me. I don't get rewarded for this. I'm not going to go to the Lord and the Lord's going to say, Wow, Benjamin, you know, you really preached a good sermon. And I'm going to go home and think, man, you know, that's not my reward. Are you with me today? God is looking for his church. He's looking for his people. Just go to Daniel 10. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities, rulers of the darkness of this world. Luke 10, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Revelation chapter 12, there was a dragon, there was a beast. Verse 8, we see him in the heavens accusing the brethren. He's up there fighting against Michael. Jude 6, we begin to see many other applications of the enemy that is working. Jude 6, to deviate and to bring a deviation from the plan of God. Revelation 2.28, it said that to him that overcometh, you will eat the tree of life. And we need to start getting our value systems in order as God's people. Hallelujah. He said a remnant will come through because he said there's a narrow way. And I believe that we have a Rehoboam and a Jeroboam. And in the midst of it, God's wanting to raise a Davidic army. Remember, they had lost their lineage. They had lost their way. And Jeroboam wanted to please the people, try to raise up a Davidic setup. But it was Antichrist because it was built from self. It was motivated pure in secular, humanistic, natural ways of thinking. He was a good guy. How does that work? Why does God reject him? Well, why did God reject Cain's sacrifice? Why did he accept Abel's sacrifice? Because Cain's was in disobedience. It was self. It was, it was an achievement of self. And he was so offended that God rejected him. That his spirit of jealousy and murder came over him. Because that's flesh. And he killed Abel. Because that's ego. Ego does not want to submit to the simplicity and the simple things. It wants to do better than God. It wants to be better than God. I will ascend above. It wants to do one better. And we've got to watch our motives that we're not driven to be better. Think of Joshua serving Moses all those years. There was no natural reward, no recognition but just serving. Elisha giving up everything to serve the anointing. He had to, he gave up identity. Identity is the biggest killer in the church today. What is your destiny? What is your purpose? I need to know about you. What is your plan? Where do you see yourself going? When folks ask me that, I say, well, uh, uh, Jesus. 
I can do nothing without Jesus. The gospel is simple, save souls, heal the sick, raise the dead, make disciples. That What more? To him that overcomes, there's fruit. Fruit does fruit will not manifest until you've plowed the ground of self, meaning that you're you get plowed. I don't know if anybody feels plowed or has been plowed, but we know the pain. There's pain. There is pain. And it it is it is necessary because that breaks you. It breaks you. It breaks who you were. Because when you plowed this, you, you cannot find the pieces anymore of what you were. And the only thing is the seed that God put in there. And when it comes out, you know it's, it's a tree of life. It's victory. It's overcome. Pride with the big eye. P-R-I, I, comes before destruction. Pride with the big I comes before destruction. I just feel the Lord wanted me to share that today. As we, this is my third level, third stage from, you know, the morning and the evening. And now we're going into this pride because that's where the flattery will take you. It'll take those that are in pride because... It speaks to your ego. It speaks to your desire. That is the ego. That is what Eve was taken in with and birthed this ego nature, egocentric nature. A Christocentric nature embraces the cross. Hallelujah. Some of say motives. The Bible said in Revelation 6.13 that there's a third of the stars that fell out. There's a third of the stars that were cast out of heaven. It also says in the last days that there are many that will fall. We're in that time now in the spirit of this age, which is, I believe, a, a season of duplication, is going to be through the spirit of rebellion, which will set up a religious order. And the Bible said that it'll be a woman that rides the beast, clothed in purple, who looks and acts like God, like the church. It'll be a church that is set up, but it's antichrist. And that is basically out of rebellion. And remember then, all of that is a touchy-feely church. It's an emotionally, it's an emotionally, emotion-based church. We are not called to walk, and I'm saying some heavy things here. But if we are people of God, it doesn't mean we numb and, you know, we, we're not, we dead feeling. But our emotions are centered in the Word. And the tree of life flows through that. So we, we're not... Like yo-yos, we are not we are not all over the place. We 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 have our five senses under dominion. That's the crucified life, because it's the emotions that are deceptive that will make you. If you go by feeling, you will be led in so many different directions. 
We are spiritual beings and our assignment is to walk that way. Come on, church. And so it said that there are stars which are souls that fall out of the heaven. Our motives. Somebody say motives. In other words, are you doing the thing because you want to be seen? Are you doing the thing because you want to be important? Are you doing the thing, what's the reason for why you're doing it? Are you doing it because you want power? Are you doing it because you want, you know, you want access? It, it, it's, 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 it's why, and we see that with the disciples around Jesus. You know, I want to be at your left, I want to be at your right. And Jesus looked and he said, you know, Peter, John, the, the, it is not for me to de determine who's going to be at my left and who's going to be at my right hand but it is my father in heaven and then he began to speak about what they would go through and uh, I don't think they, they they really wish they never asked that question but they asked the question they got the answer they just didn't get the answer they want just be careful what questions you ask the Lord because you may get more than you want to hear but hallelujah it's about Jesus somebody say it's about Jesus he is the King of kings and he is the Lord of lords. He is the Savior. He must be exalted. If I be lifted up, I will draw men unto me. And so the church must come back to the place of humility and brokenness, removing the eye, removing the eye and becoming that servant and not allowing and not allowing themselves to, to get into that uprising and that stirring and their mouths and their mouths, you know, that's, 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 the, that's the hardest part to keep yourself. And not to talk. Herod, hero, must die. Jesus must be exalted. I must not be. Christ must be formed within and how is this accomplished? It is accomplished through birth pangs. And if anybody understands, I can never understand the pain of birth pangs. But I can relate to birth pangs, meaning that I have been through, I have four children. So I know those of you that have had children, birth pangs. This is... The analogy that has been used, birth pangs. The Lord said that, yes, I will give it to you, but you must birth it. I will put it in you. It will grow in you. But there's no easy way to bring it forth. Tribulation. You must be willing to go through the process and not abort it. And you must take the pain of it. Birth pangs. Many run away when the birth pangs happen. The Bible said some go through the birth pangs and bring forth wind because they birthed it from the wrong place. But that's another subject for another day. Hallelujah. Somebody said birth pangs. God wants us to go through birthings. We've got a birth. We birth this, the life of Jesus. That's why we're here. And so we don't always understand the journey, but we praise God in the journey. 
And we thank God in the journey because we're confident that in all these things we are more than conquerors and we shall overcome and be victorious for great is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And so we know we have within us a treasure that is in earthen vessels that will cause us to be victorious. Come on, somebody. And so we are here tonight because I believe there's folks that are hungry and I see people accessing greater realms in the Lord as you would press into that realm. Amen. See, folks want the easy way. It's easy. It's easy like Sunday. Easy. Easy like Sunday morning. Okay, I'm, I'm on another planet here. But it doesn't really matter. We want easy. Easy means pleasure. Pleasure. The Garden of Eden, in fact, means the Garden of Pleasures. We don't see the Garden of Eden restored. We see, I'll see you in paradise, but not in Eden. But then there's a glory place that is greater because it's called heaven. Hallelujah. Not Eden. We don't go to Eden. Eden is closed. We go to glory. Come on, somebody. I don't need to go back to the pleasures. We want the pleasures. God has the glory. But he said, if you suffer with me, somebody, if you will go through the process, which means that there's parts of us that are entitled, rights, we have our voice, but when we silence the sound of self, and we become like Jesus as a lamb, and we say, yes, I will go to that slaughter, but in that place there is a victorious sound that no man can stop because I'm going to come out of this thing with a supernatural testimony, and I'm going to come out with a great victory, and there's no person, no person, no heaven, no hell, no place present, no things to come that will be able to separate me from what God's love and what God has purpose if I'm willing to go through the process. Hallelujah. The Garden of Eden, the Garden of Pleasures. We want to go back to the pleasures. We want to get the big, you know, we make things comfortable. And nothing wrong with comfortable. But there's things in our life that we can only go through. It's decisions we have to make that no one else can. Between the Lord and I, things that he knows that we go through silently. There's things we do that we'll never get rewarded for. From people that we know but he will reward us whether here or there are you with me tonight hallelujah the problem in many places Solomon allowed Pharaoh's daughters into the holy things of God in the church today they've allowed worldliness to come into the church and worldly methods. He had many marriages. Marriages are unions with, you know, different kingdoms. That's really what it was. And he had to entertain. And so if you, 
you know, began to look. Many folks today, if they don't like it, they look for something else. But the Bible said this, folks. If you don't leave mother, you don't leave father, and you don't hate yourself, you're not going to make it. Jeroboam did something. He, he put an altar, and he burnt the bones. And then he began to plead the cause of the people because something dangerous was going on. He wanted the glory. He wanted the people to see him. He wanted the people to say, what a great guy he was. And that's the danger. That's the human nature. The human nature is I will be like God, look like God, but he was trying to be God. The danger is when we want to try and be God. Instead of being like Jesus. Amen. We must get to a place where we don't take his glory and Jesus is enthroned in glory and we are dethroned. We cannot afford in our lives to take his glory. And in these last days, there will be many Lucifers around. And I had a vision and I saw in the time wherein I saw many people running and taking his glory. The only way to break and to negate that is to walk in 1 Corinthians 13 anointing. And that is to walk in his love. Come on somebody, are you with me today? And to get into, I call it a confederation of love. An assignment of love where we, we, we move into the new. It's only love. And love lays its life down. Love lays its life down. It doesn't speak up. You know, the goats go, but... The lambs are silent. The lambs are dumb. The lambs are ignorant. I want to say this, that it's time for the season of Jeroboam to finish. The Bible said the time will come where the foolish will be shut out. And I'm going to say this, that there are many that are playing and they don't see it. They're playing with God. They're playing with God. You cannot just serve the world and then you just think, well, two minutes before I die, I'm going to give my life to the, God, the Lord right then, you know, but I'm going to play with the world. Just play, you know, that's, that's like playing Russian roulette, you know. Let's just see. I, I believe I'll make it just two minutes before I die. I'll give my life to the Lord now. I'm going to say it is God who saves souls, not man. It's not your assignment to save souls. God saves the souls. It's your assignment to be obedient to him. Yes, he said, go, we do go. Yes, he said, preach, we do preach. He said, yes, the labors, you know, a few labors, but we, the harvest is plentiful. So, yes, that is true. But we must do it out of the Holy Spirit, out of the life of Christ. He said, tarry in Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. Not my power. Not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. That's all. It's his Holy Ghost that's going to do it through the church. It's going to Holy Ghost that's going to do it through this church. 
It's the Holy Ghost that's going to do it through Norton, and it's going to do it through Adam. It's the Holy Ghost that's going to do it through each one of us. We need to lean on the Holy Spirit more than ever before. That's it. That's the life of Christ empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's the church that's going to be, uh, rise up with great anointing and great power. And it's going to reflect his love. Love is laying down your life. That is love. There is no other love. The agape love of Jesus is laying down the life. I lay down my life so that others may live. I extend the sufferings of Christ so that others may live. I am a lamb. I don't have an opinion. The only opinion I have is what this word says. That's it. I have no other opinion. I'm obedient to the word. The word is exalted above all. That's it. My mind is filled with the word. My spirit is filled with the word. My soul is filled with the word. I am radiating the word, not myself. Hallelujah. And when I go through things, I tell, you, I tell so many folks, you know, I'm in Africa. I see a lot of folks really in bad places because there's so much poverty over there and it's difficult. And every time I see folks struggling, I'll come to them and I'll say, you know, you know what? I've been where you're at. I've, I've dug ditches and I've, I've taken wheelbarrows, but I want to encourage you. You know, if you will praise God in this situation, don't get bitter in this situation and angry and, and get mad at your situation. Let God use your situation. I think folks don't realize what commodities they have with where they are in life. Because you never know. God knows. He sees. He found a David. They said, well, if you're going to have me look after the sheep, I'll look after the sheep. If you're going to have me run to do errands, I'm going to do the errands. But I'm going to do every errand you tell me to do, and I'm going to do it with excellence, and I'm not going to complain, and I'm going to tell you, well, I can do it better than you, Dad. I can do it better than you, uh, you know, brothers. I'm, I'm, I'm going to just prepare myself. If a line comes, and I'm, I mean, think about it. His dad put him in a position as a young boy where he was in danger. His brothers put him in a position when he was in when he would be in danger he didn't cock up an attitude he he he, he like i said Mary, he sucked it up he took it he took it like a young man in god and he said well i know god he used his time and he used his season he used his test to produce glory and oil and that's what set him up and that's why God bypassed millions of people and said I'm going to find myself a David and that's the kingdom he said he's raising up a Davidic kingdom the Davidic kingdom is exactly modeled after David's type of spirit and that spirit is whatever difficulty I'm going through I'm going to use it for God's glory and I'm not going to mumble and I'm going to grumble I'm going to complain I'm going to praise God and I'm going to write those songs while he was sitting there looking after sheep he was making his own designing his own musical instruments come on he wasn't a lazy lazy little fella there's nobody in the Bible that I see from every disciple that Jesus picked were busy when, when God came and picked Elisha Elisha was not lazy They use their time. Hallelujah. God is raising up a people that are filled with love. Are you good with me tonight? Jeroboam wants to draw the attention of the people to himself. Uh, 
I always say the Bible said the people loved the lie. The people loved the lie. That's where the spirit of the Antichrist, which is the age we are living in, is going to draw many people into deception because it's going to tell them what is right. But I've I got to say this because if you read your Bible, it's upside down. It's an upside down kingdom. It doesn't make sense and it's not part of sense is senses. It's not connected to senses. It's connected to the spiritual five senses, which are faith. It goes against everything. Hallelujah. Because then no pride can come in. That's why he uses the least. Glory to God. Come on. We use methods to draw people. But it's not Jesus. The last days, and I see it with many in the younger generation, which is unfortunate. They don't understand what it is to go through and they understand the necessary understanding of difficulties. Like when we were brought up, you know, go out and chop the wood, go out and, you know, mow the lawn six acres. That's the way I was brought up. You go out, you get on that lawn mower, you do it. A lot of kids, you tell them to do that today. Hallelujah. I'm touching some more things here now. But it's being the servant. And it's being the least. I want to just read this now. We see Jeroboam. And in, 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 one, in 2 Chronicles 13, we see... Jeroboam had sent an ambush. It's a spirit. And I'm telling you now, in America, there's a spirit of Jeroboam. I believe that's why God has had me share this. Second Chronicles 13, verse... my glasses on here 13 Jeroboam sent an ambush around to come upon them from behind thus his troops were in front of Judah and the ambush was behind them and when Judah looked behold the battle was in front of and behind them and they cried to the Lord and the priests blew the trumpets then the men of Judah raised the battle shout, and when the men of Judah shouted, God defeated Jeroboam and all of Israel before Abijah and Judah. And the men of Israel fled before Judah, and God gave them into their hand. Abijah and his people struck them with great force, so there fell slain of Israel 500,000 chosen men. Thus the men of Israel were subdued at that time. And the men of Judah, come on, somebody said Judah means praise. See, it's, it's the people of praise. They prevailed because they 
Some may say relied. It's not my brightness. It's not my might. It's not my power. But it's what I'm leaning on. I'm leaning on the everlasting arms of Jesus. I'm here to encourage somebody tonight that I don't know what you're going through, but you're not going to do it without him. And, and, and maybe you failed. Maybe pride came in the door. You know, the only thing pride does, pride just causes misery and pain. Without us realizing that pride comes in and it guises itself, it gets pride, ego gets offended. We're living in an age now where everybody is so sensitive. It's like a ticking time bomb. You just, you find the wrong person, you look at them just strangely. You don't even know what you did. And suddenly, bam, it's just, you're like, because it's a spirit. It's a spirit. And it's that spirit. It's taking a third of the people with them. But we're going to break through with it, with the love of Jesus. Amen. Let's stand up tonight. Say thank you. Just stand up. Let's stand up. Let's. Stand up in him. Just say thank you, Lord, for your word. And in my life, I break every spirit of antichrist, rebellion, rejection. I renounce it. I renounce rebellion. I renounce rejection. I refuse to walk in offense I refuse to try and do it my way to fight in my own strength not to be like Jeroboam to fight for the people instead of letting you fight for the people I'm doing it not by might not by power by your spirit. Lord, in my life, where I've been sensitive to people and to how they offend me, to how they wound me, and to my rights, you said we must lose our life. We must take up our cross. We must follow you. Therefore, I have no rights except to be a servant. I take on the form of serving, and in serving, I'm reigning. That is David. I take on the seed of David, and out of the ground it shall grow. That roots, rootstock in my life. I pray for this nation. Let David's arise. Let a new anointing arise. Let a fresh anointing arise. Let a rootstock of David rise up through this nation that is broken, that is humble, that is meek, that relies on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. One of the names of David means to be belittled. So I want, to, I want you to understand that that's why even Samuel the prophet didn't see David. Imagine that. 
Even Samuel the prophet didn't see David. So don't get upset if nobody sees you. As long as you know he sees you, and he does see you. 